407 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information. 1,000. That, of course, is uh, Black Railroad by Rich Show, who is in studio. Rich, thanks for coming. Welcome welcome to Amateur Hour on uh, the Patrick Lally Show. No, uh, this, is a, this is a song off Rich's uh, solo record. Yes. From what year was that? Uh, 96, I believe. Recorded at Paisley Park? No, no, that was recorded uh, with Tom Herbers in the Minneapolis. Yeah, Tom Herbers, very famous producer uh, from back in the day, right? Back in the day, yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, who did they? He ended up. He did like Bash and Pop, you know, yeah. Tommy Stinson's band. He did some Westerberg stuff. Uh, he did uh, Slim Dunlap stuff. And didn't Tommy Stinson play on one of these songs on, on the the end of the album? Or who is that that played on the... Slim. Slim Dunlop, yeah. Showed up for the... Uh, right at the end. I sh- yeah, I begged him. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was using uh, uh, Brian Liljev, his drummer. Oh, okay. For that. It's a who great used record. to play with the Drag Hounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Who played here many times. Yes. It's just a small world, isn't it? It is, it is. Uh, anyway, it's Rich Show Week here on the Patrick Lally Show. This is the first of Rich's two appearances this week. And uh, so we've been playing the music, and this song is on the new release, the double album yes. that came in the mail to me today. Oh, yeah! I got my shirt. How does my, it look? I, uh, I, I got to tell you, I wept just a little bit. Uh. <laughs> I've, I've told people many times I've uh, was involved in a very small way. I wrote the the foreword for um, the record, and I have never done anything like that before and i was really really nervous and i saw it today and i was a little bit just kind of taken aback i gotta i can't lie to you oh for seeing your words in, on the record or yeah, what? and my yeah. name on your on, name on your record on was a, a record on your record was a little <laughs> bit too much for me to take but so thank you how, tell me um how was this making this record yeah i should tell people if they don't know You've got four decades of, of songwriting, performing in this community. Uh, no Direction, Flag with Hank, Violet, Oxford, comma, um, The Body Electric. Isn't that right? The Body yeah, Electric. Yeah, Body Electric. Uh, uh, working Poor, all of those things. Uh, to have this all in one package like this, what's it feel like? Um, it's a real classy do-over. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really get that. I mean, I don't think you get do-overs t- so much in this business. Um, mainly because no one cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so how did this come about? Um, I believe we were doing, uh, well, Lance and Jason, Mark, and myself, we were playing out uh, doing a benefit for um, uh, the co-op. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, 
Phil Bjornberg, someone you know, a mm-hmm. uh, local music geek. Also wrote I've, also wrote the uh, liner notes for yes, the Yes, yeah. yes. He uh, had been talking to Andy Howes, who asked him if yeah. he thought I would be interested in, would I be okay with doing something like that, which... For the most part, I'm not usually. <laughs> I usually don't like to go backwards. Right. That's why. I mean, I see this as going backwards in a way. But then again, I could understand. You know, if they wanted to do something like that, it was really quite. Um, yeah, quite a slap. You know, pat on the back. Yeah. Way to go, Rich. You know, and I thought, well, you know, what would be so wrong with it? Absolutely. And Andy Howes of Different Folk Records, who's been on the show, and we talked about that a little bit. Um, it, how did you, did you imagine that it was going to be as big a project as it turned into when they first brought it up? No, no. I, I guess I had thought that it'd probably just be one one record and stuff. But he said, well, just, you know, do what you want, do what you want, you know, which that's probably the worst thing he could say to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just started looking at, you know, the lists of songs that I had, you know, digging up old, you know, set lists from way back when and then tried to break it down and just started going, oh, yeah, I think if we could play this, I think if we could play that, you know, you thinking of, you know, who I had with me, who's who's going to actually play on it, you know, Jason mm-hmm. Haig. Yeah, know. Jason Haig and Mark Romanowski and Lance Bear, those guys have been with you for a long time. Right. Um, how many... So we should we should tell people first of all this is a double vinyl album and it's a it's a hefty product. Yeah. It's a it's a real old cool vinyl record. Um and then there's that's got 22 songs on it, right? Yes. And yes. then there's how many more in the download? I got it downloaded but I haven't been back through it all yet. I think it's 19 more songs. So it's 40 songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's 40 plus. So yeah, there's plenty of music there. That's a lot. Yeah. How cool was it to be recording on vinyl again? Uh, it was well, yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. I guess it's the same process for right. recording. So I guess that I mean, I think it's awesome that it's on vinyl. It just looks more substantial than you, you've got something there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful artwork. You've got you know liner notes. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> My very, word, the very... words are much bigger than they would have been on a, even a single album. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I I really do thank you for for doing that because well, I, you, yeah, I needed someone who knew something about me. Yeah, and we've uh, I've been blessed to not just see you a lot, but interview you several times right. for long periods of time, and just talk to you a lot. So that I was I was honored and blessed to do that. Um, when you uh, uh, decided to do it though, and you start going through the songs, going through the list. It's still only forty songs. How d- were were there songs where you just like, I want to do that so bad, but I can't. There's no other baby I can throw overboard. Oh well, uh, the thing is, is with with the the downloads, knowing that we we're whatever didn't fit would be on the downloads. So. It didn't, I mean... That wasn't a problem? That wasn't a problem. Did they? Did the ones you wanted to do emerge rather quickly? No. <laughs> <laughs> I started with like 200 songs and then just started... Well, 
I wanted to, you know, I knew we were going to have to rehearse on things that Jason didn't do, didn't know. Okay. So Jason was, is a, a, a the bass player. Yes. And Jason he wasn't Hague. in those early bands. No. Yeah. No. So yeah, this was all, I mean, poor Jason, he has been such a trooper. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we've been throwing stuff at him like crazy. Of course, you know, Lance and myself and Mark. Right. You know. You've been playing together forever. Yeah, yeah, since Lance and I, I think since the middle of the 80s. Right. He was the drummer in Flag with Hank. That's where he came in after No Direction. Actually, through the later days of No Direction, wasn't that true? Yes. Yeah. And and Flag with Hank was uh, you, Heath Hengem, Lance Bear, and Ralph Mills. Yes. And that's amazing because how old was he when he started playing with you, Lance? 18, I think. Oh, wow. 18 or 19. He was, yeah, he was still in high school. <laughs> but he took to it real good. <laughs> he did. He, well, yeah, that was, yeah, I remember going to some, someone had invited me to see this band rehearse. They wanted to know what I thought, whatever that, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Lance was the drummer, and I just could tell right away that he just was a natural. I mean, he just, you know, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. everything was just right on, loud, just, and beat the crap. Can I say <laughs> he, that? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, he can, uh, he can go after it when he needs to. But yeah. he is also one of those guys, and you, if you're going to play with you, you got to be able to be subtle. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a killer drummer. I mean, he, he covers all the areas that I go in. Before we uh, run too far into this without actually having any commercials, which would get me in a lot of trouble. We're going to have to take a short break here and come right back with Rich Show on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. That, of course, is Rich Show on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, with uh, the first single, I think it was, off of the the first one that was released, first song that was released online. One uh, of them, yeah. Who Do You Love, off of This Is The Future, That Was The Future, This Is The Past, the new double album. Do You you can't call it a greatest hits record. It's not. That's not fair. No. 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 When you don't have any hits, <laughs> no, then it's... Then it's you can't say greatest hits. It's it's a it's, it's a compilation, a reworking of the classic canon of Rich Show. Yeah, there was various periods that are rep- that needed to be represented again. I think it's mainly because, to me, there's you know a bit of history in town here that kind of drifted away, and there's a whole new um, group of people listening to music records and stuff now and it's uh i just don't i just want them to at least have the opportunity to hear it yeah because i think what we did was i mean we had our moments yeah not Uh, always ups and downs just like anything right (laughs) so tell me about who do you love what is this on what's it on i can't even remember well it's it was uh our short-lived band called catholic family radio there you go and who was in that band um 
Nate Jakeway, uh, Paul Erickson, Mark, and myself. Of course, oh. Mark and myself, we're in pretty much everything. <laughs> it starts there. with Mark Romanowski <laughs> and uh, Rich Show, and then when Lance can play, he plays, right? Right. That's right. awesome. So. That was during, we were doing the All Get Outs at that oh, time. Oh, yeah, I forget about the All Get Outs, which was a, uh, what year was all the music from? Um, we chose it to be from, I think, 64 to 67. Yeah, and it was sweet. Yes, thank you, thank you. I enjoyed that. Little My bit. first cover band I was ever in. <laughs> first and only? Only, yes. Yeah, uh, but it was it was really cool because you guys wore the appropriate attire and had a great time. I had a great time. I had a great time. That was a lot of fun. So but, you were doing Catholic Family Radio at the same time. Right. I mean, there was just, uh, I just started messing around with some different songs. And I think, you know, just the, the, the type of genre we were working in with the all get outs kind of led me to do something like this where there was more vocals and a lot of changes in the songs. And, yeah. So tell me, like, how... How do you see songs from band to band to band? Or don't you see them as, oh, that was a Flag with Hank song, or that was a Violet song, or, you know, they're just your songs? Well, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, sometimes I write to the strengths of who I'm playing with. Yeah. And, yeah, I think at at the time, you know, when Flag with Hank was happening, I was kind of getting tired of the the punk thing and was really getting more into classic country. And that was like the late eighties, probably in that range, early nineties. No, no, no. That would have been, um, the, the mid eighties into the, cause, uh, I think, uh, flag of Hank was over by 90. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Oh my God. Cause I, I think, uh, Violet started in like 91. Yeah. The thing I will always remember about Flag with Hank, of course, was one summer every Monday night at the Crowbar, the right. old Crowbar, the old Crowbar, not the new. I'm nothing wrong with the new Crowbar, but, but the old Crowbar just had that working man's mm-hmm. atmosphere and the uh, the dart room in the back where we played. Yeah, uh, it was dark. It was kind of dark, and it was always hot. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> And a great moment I always remember, and I don't know if you remember this, was I think you did a lot of the show almost in the dark with just a couple of beer lights. Do you remember this? There wasn't much for lights. <laughs> I, 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 I think it was just like the lights that they had in there for yeah. like when they had the dart games going. Yeah, that's right. We just moved them back so they, we could see the set lists. And yeah, it was fun. That it was, was really fun. Uh, yeah. But that was probably 89-ish, probably, 88, 89, yep. right in there. Yep. Yeah. Good yep. times, good times. Uh, but then into Violet, and uh, we don't need to rehash everybody, everybody, but that's probably a band that really uh, people, more people know you for that band than any other band. Is that fair to say? Probably. Uh, you played to some big, big crowds. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, we had a really, really good lineup of people there. And it was, I think, the potential of that group was really, really high. Yeah, because it was, you had in that group as well, uh, playing guitar, Mark Bombera. Right. And so those two guys, Romanowski and Bombera, were just awesome. Yeah, they're, yeah, I had, I really thought I had the best people in town. I wasn't, like, going out looking for the best people. I just, you know, 
I had done some stuff with Mark Bombera, I think the summer before we started. Because he was moving to Rapid City and his brother Tom. Remember, we did the dirty whatever you call them? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that was just like for a summer. Really? Yeah, we were just. Lance came back from Austin. I, you know, I had nothing going on. I think the four of us, none of us had anything going on. We knew we were going to leave at the end of the summer, or at people were leaving. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, let's just do this and play as many shows as we can, which we did. And it was I, a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. And I think there was one time, one night we did three shows in one night. Really? Yeah, we did play that. Zambros did an acoustic thing, then played at the Pomp Room. We played a, a set there, and then we went over to Jono's and played a set there because, you know, we talked mm-hmm. with the various bands and mm-hmm. they let us do that. That's pretty cool. Uh, do, you, do you know what the biggest audience you've ever played to with Violet? Because that would have been probably when it happened, right? What's that? Violet, like um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think about maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, in the in the bars, you could only get a thousand people, right? In there. Right. So they'd be full, probably right. a little more than that. But uh, limelight and, and the pomp room. But did you ever do any big outdoor shows or anything like that? No. Well, we did a few outdoor things, but not a whole lot. We did play with. Uh, oh boy, we did some stuff at. The campus down at USD, mm-hmm. and I can't think of the name. Bodines. Yeah, oh, we that's played right. with the Bodines, and that was a pretty big crowd. Yeah, cool. We're going to come right back uh, and talk more with Rich Show about the upcoming weekend show on Saturday uh, night, the Show Show on the Patrick Lally Show on Information One Thousand KSOO. Four thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Returning to our conversation with Rich Show, who wrote this song, "Lamb on the Prairie." I'm playing air guitar to it. Yeah, you're looking good, man. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I've never seen Rich Show playing anything but real guitar. Yeah. Oh, this is such a great song, man. Thank you. Oh, man, that song uh, takes me to a place uh, that I don't go very often. And uh, <laughs> tell me about that song, because it is, I'm not going to say it's my favorite Rich Show song of all time, but it's right up there. Huh. Um, what can I tell you about that song? I. It's just a nice, full rock, and, you know, the, the boys, and, you know, I guess that was one for sure. I'm thinking I've got the two really hot guitar players. Yes. And this is something that they need to let loose on. Yeah, and they did. And you often use this uh, either to close a show or near the end. Right. 
Right. Uh, and there was a lot of sweaty bouncing around going on and a lot of it. Here we go. <laughs> I love that song. Um, maybe too much, right? Uh, so, let me tell me how much of your life experience is in the writing. Not, I'm not talking about like things that happened to you, events or anything like that, or people or anything like that. But like the the artistry, the emotions of it. You know what I mean? the The expression of it. Where how much of that is is just things that you feel? Um. Uh... Some of it is. Um, there's always, I, I guess, when I start writing something, I'm, I don't really have a specific thing in mind. I'll just be kind of tinkering around on the guitar, and all of a sudden, I'll find something that feels nice, gives me a good feeling, and then all the melody will start coming to me, and then I mean, I have all that done. The the arrangement where the guitars are coming out, all that done before I even think about what I'm going to write about. You're kidding me. No. And then you go back and say, I've got a solid bass here. Yeah. What do I want to say? Right. I've had uh, uh, Black Railroad. Yeah. I slaved over that song to write the lyrics, and I wrote them, and I wrote them, and I wrote them, and I just like, this is like, a, you know, kindergarten writing <laughs> this. This is so bad. You know, and then, and but I liked what I heard that we had recorded just, you know, on a live thing. You know, I just liked what we did. Because there's many nights, if I didn't have any words for a song, I would just literally mumble something <laughs> through, make up words, just syllables and stuff. This is the absolute truth. <laughs> I did that. I, ha I still do it to this day. But anyways, like if not, not necessarily forgetting the words, just like, I don't know. What I don't have words. <laughs> That's just a song. It's happening right in front of us. Right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, sometimes then the words had come to me. But anyways, with Black Railroad, I just hated what I was writing. It just was so pathetic. So then I started listening to this recording of us doing, of me mumbling. And then I just started thinking, well, what do I think he's saying? What does that word sound like I'm saying? So I wrote that. And that's what the words are to that song. That's amazing. Because I think of it as like this beautiful story. Ah! <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it's, it is. I mean, you do eventually work it into something. Yeah. but But to me, that was like. So was that a subconscious thing mm -hmm. that was coming out of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of times with songs, I don't really know what I wrote, you know, what the meaning is. Maybe not for five years. It's like, oh, oh, now I'm starting to catch on what I... Where that's coming from. Right. Some reflection back to an experience. Right. So it has to be... Stream you know, of consciousness. Yeah, you can't be, but you can't be having those voices in your head all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you, do you have to get yourself into a, a sort of a mental state, a space to be able to just kind of let it flow out? For writing lyrics, it's certainly, That's, certainly. I mean, and some, uh, 
I have another, what I think is an amazing story. You want to hear it? Absolutely. <laughs> when we were doing, before we were going to do the second Flag with Hank album, um, I, there was most of the songs I didn't have lyrics for. And I was home sick from work one day. I mean, really sick bed in bed and I just laid in bed and with my eyes closed and just was thinking about the music and I wrote the lyrics to all the songs in an afternoon while I was sick so you were in some sort of altered state of consciousness yes, right yes yeah. I mean but the thing is as I got into that space oh and I just stayed there and just kept working it because I you couldn't do anything else. I couldn't do anything else. There's no reason to stop. You didn't have to go, you know, like change the laundry or anything. Right, right. I just, I felt like, you know, just lay in there and stay, you know. That was uh, Weasel Roney, right? Yes. Isn't that the name of the record? Yes. That's a... It, well, it's not the entire record. A lot But, but a lo I'd say two-thirds of it. That's amazing. Um, do you ever just get stuck? I mean, everybody gets stuck, but you've written so many songs. Yep. What do you do when you get stuck? Um... Leave that blank. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to that. I'll later. come back to that later. You know, it's, a lot of times it's it's uh, I wait till we play it again, and then you know there's that blank spot. And then something will I'll just say something, and oh, that may I'll use that. Yeah. You know, do you uh, keep notebooks? Hundreds. I uh, was actually when I was going through this thing. I was looking for notebooks and, and digging around and stuff. And I, I mean, I found stuff from no direction days and all the way back. And then when, when Isaac wanted some pictures and some album artwork, old your, stuff. Your son, Isaac, who designed, or he was involved in the project. He designed He's, it? he, he did the, uh, a video. Okay. Uh, the, the timeline video. I don't know if you've seen that on Facebook or yes. not. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He did that. Eli did the artwork. Got it. Um, and that there, I was digging up all kinds of flyers and thank you, Phil Bjornberg yes. for the flyers. <laughs> Phil Bjornberg, who apparently kept every concert flyer. Well, I, I would that he could find. Right, right. Yes. I mean, I, I don't think he kept all of them. I mean, or, or grabbed all of them, but he's, he had a large amount. And the sleeves for the actual vinyl inside the cardboard are our concert posters yes flyers yes. and they're awesome i'm so happy the one that's on there uh where the guy tells me uh, it's a it's a letter to the editor to tempest that you made into a concert poster thank you very much <laughs> it said something about how i got my nose up flag with hang's butt or something like that it was really it was uh disparaging to me i took it in good good it know. was supposed to i mean it ha had nothing to do with you <laughs> serious it was no, like I, I just thought it was yeah, I just thought, okay, buddy, I'm gonna th <laughs> thank you very much. I'm just going to throw it right at you. Not you, no, the guy who, no, I, you know, no, I don't I, even know who it was. I have no idea. Uh, the name on the letter, I think, is like Dave Elfson or something like that. It, nobody Elfson, I, somebody I didn't know. Right. Just a random it, letter. It, it, it may, probably maybe, was fake. Probably was fake. If it was in Tempest, it was probably fake. <laughs> Nobody put their name on anything. Uh, we're going to listen to just a little bit more Lamb on the Prairie. And before we go to commercial, we're going to come right back and finish up with a chill for today. Because this is only right. day one. Day one.
448 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. That's nice. That's good stuff. That's uh, Rich Shows, uh, My Rock and Autopsy uh, with the big horns. Now, where did that, Where does that song land? What era is that from? Because it's, it's an older song. It's been reworked, right? Yeah. Um, I want to say that was, you know, remember soundtrack of a man who would never yes. mount anything yes. or something like that? I don't was even it, know the name like of my a, own record. Was that like a three disc a three, set? Yeah, there was 52 songs on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a lot. And that was that was part of that. I mean, there was kind of that uh, mid-period. I think it was really mainly after Mark Bombera moved to Seattle. Yep. And we were doing, uh, I was trying to do more rock type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's listen to just a little bit of it here. That's Rocky. <laughs> but uh, when did you uh, go ahead and put the horns on it and all that? That's really, that's a well, powerful song now. Yeah, when we did that, the thing would be a year ago, Christmas, we did the first uh, time with the horns and strings. Mm-hmm. That was at the Icon. And we had been talking about that for like six, eight months beforehand. And then we got Andrew Reinhardt's in, involved in it. He did the string arrangements and horn arrangements on the album and for, That's amazing. That's and, that, I remember seeing that and you told me that he had done all the arrangements and I'm like, so he took your music and then basically wrote string and horn parts. Yes. That I mean that to me is talent. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's the, amazing. He's he's a monster talent. He's got lots of chops. He to plays see, uh, a lot of different music styles and is he with the symphony, or does he just know everybody in the symphony? He knows everybody in the symphony. Uh, I don't think he's actually with them, but he plays, you know, with the the jazz. Oh, okay. Uh, thing on he J A S. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, there's a number of people he plays with. You know, Mark and him have got some side project they're working on. I believe it's an instrumental thing. Um, well, that's going to be a fun collaboration, though. It, it, at this point in your in your career in your life and all the songwriting, to work with somebody to like rework them and reinvigorate them and right. makes it a different song almost. Right, right. It uh, as uh, Slim Dunlap says, you put strings on a song, it just legitimizes it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's it it kind of does. But I mean, going forward, I still want to work with these people with the new stuff. Because, and then have that in mind. That's what I, you know, before, you know, you know, we had the song already wrote and he's, you know, more or less adding condiments onto, mm-hmm. you know, your main dish. Yeah. So now you can collaborate with somebody like that on the front side and it becomes a different experience for exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm hoping to do more of it, more hands-on of the writing of that, but then have someone like Andrew you know, check my word or say, (laughs) okay, Rich, no one can humanly play that. (laughs) You know, someone can't hold their breath that long. That's funny. Um, So 
it's, we keep talking about your the the songs you've written over this. But do you have any idea how many you've written and how many you recorded? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. No, a, I, I I would say it's you know probably three hundred I've written and probably two hundred I've recorded. Dude, so that there aren't that many just orphans out there that never got laid down. Oh, there's a number of them. There's quite a few, actually. You know, like we were talking about the Sharon song. Yes, that's one that never got recorded. Yeah, and and so they're they're out there. A few of them. It's, we were talking earlier about and with Scott Hudson yesterday about how when in in that period through the '90s, especially, you were playing a lot. You, every time you went to a show, there'd be a new song. Right. You, you were rolling new songs into the shows all the time. And you might play it once and never see it again. Right. Well, there's, you know, or maybe rework it, you know, because it just may not have worked out, you know, when we played it that time. And it just become something different. Right. And, or it was just like, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and then when he comes right down to it, that's kind of boring or, you know. You have to have, have recorded more than 200 songs. There were 50 songs on the man who yeah, never wanted anything. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. You know, Let's I, just say it's it's over 200. Yeah, there you go. I don't think it's... You know who could probably tell us? Phil, Phil Bjornberg. <laughs> it, yes. Hey, I, we've got to talk briefly about the show on Saturday night. Um, yes. So uh, it's a record release party. Tell people basically what what's going to happen on Saturday. Uh, record release party. We want to uh, get everyone excited about this double album that we've recorded. We've spent the last year working on. Um, we're they're going to be selling the record. I made T-shirts. I made T-shirts. Uh, Flag with Hank T-shirts. Oh, no Direction T-shirts. Uh, working Poor T-shirts and. No, did I say no direction? You did. Yeah. I got the no direction Violet. shirt. Violet. Oh, those guys. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> those guys. Remember well, the Violet Sucks t-shirts? Yeah, I have one somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, I also have a Rejoice in the Frustration t-shirt. That's the same t-shirt. Does it say Violet Sucks on the back? Yes. That's what it is. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Well, anyways, uh, we're going to have uh, four or five different you know, sections of this show where you know, there's going to be part where there's just like the five-piece core band we're going to do a section with no direction we're going to do a section with working poor we're going to do an acoustic we're going to do a thing with the whole big band and uh you know where there's strings and horns and backup singers and it's quite the uh now you can buy tickets in advance for this show right yes i think you go to different folk different folks yeah dot com you'll find it uh, there's Facebook pages, events, there's everything because Andy's that way. Yes. He's yes. Complete. He is. Um, well, we're going to have to stop talking here, but again, this is only part one. Part two is Thursday. So you're coming, you're still coming back Thursday, right? I didn't oh, yeah. put you off. Your yeah, I, I'm, okay, I cool. think I'm taking the day off. Maybe I'll bring you a, a latte or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. You brought your guitar this time. We didn't even get to it, but hopefully on Thursday you can play a little bit. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's true. We'll have to do, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll be right back to finish up here uh, the program. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
Wait, this isn't Radio Clash. No, it's the first time I haven't ended the show with Radio Clash. Oh. <laughs> it's Rich Show, Boys in the Band. I gotta tell you folks to remember Saturday is Sioux Empire on Tap at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. Sample over 100 craft beers from more than 60 breweries. Two general admission sessions to choose from. It's gonna be a great time. Live music, food, beer. It's wonderful. SiouxEmpireOnTap.com. Stick with us tomorrow. City Councilor Christine Erickson will be here to talk about her bid for re-election and the range of issues facing city government. The Boon Man will be in. That'll be fun. And I'm gonna play a bunch of rich show music, and he'll be back on Thursday. So there you go. See you tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. I leave you with the boys in the band. We'd uh, go back a little bit. You that was a like a song. Rich Show is here, by the way. I should okay. introduce him. Hello. Rich, thanks for coming in again for hello, day two. Hello, hello. <laughs> hi, hi. I am I am on the planet. Um, <laughs> but Trudy was a was an old song. Yes, uh, no direction. And then uh, revived. Yeah, later. yeah. We just kind of stumbled on it uh, one night at practice with Violet, and it was just like this monster guitar sound, and we're like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trudy lives. <laughs> Let's uh, do that one. And it is included on the uh, soon-to-be-released on Saturday. That was the future. This is the past. Double vinyl. I can't remember. Is this on the vinyl or is this on the bonus track? Vinyl. Vinyl. And the bonus tracks you get, which we're gonna, we are gonna we got a couple coming up, but I, I wanted to start with Trudy. Yes, this is a good song. I enjoyed it. It's fun. It is. And it, uh, it was always a good it's one fine. to get everybody going. Um you know, Rich, we when you were here on Tuesday, we talked a lot about the record and sort of where it came from and your songwriting and all that. Um, I'm interested in in um, the preparations for this show on Saturday. We talked a little bit on Tuesday, but tell people uh, first of all, if you want to go, what, where do I go? When? What's going on? Okay, if you want to go, uh, the uh, it's at the Orpheum downtown, uh, the Orpheum, and uh, the uh, Doors are open at 7. Music's going to start about 8. Uh, you can get tickets there at the door. You don't, you know, you can go online to the different folk records website and uh, look at, you know, all the planned things that are going to happen mm-hmm. with them and, and this show. But you can get tickets that way or just go down to the, the venue and buy your tickets. So it's quite a production. Uh, I mean, the album itself, and just to revisit this, it's a... Uh, it's a retrospective, but a re-recorded retrospective of your work. Yes. 22 songs on the vinyl and another 19 in yes. the download. So it's yeah. a big chunk of music. Yes. Uh, 
it's a big project, but uh, almost as ambitious as this show, uh, which is going to be split up. How many, how many different people are going to be performing with you on Saturday? Oh, good question. <laughs> it's still in flux. I need a calculator for this. Um, well, uh, there'll be different points of the show where we'll have as many as, you know, 13 people on stage. And then we ha- also are doing a segment where uh, another group of guys be six of us at that point, but it'll all be all acoustic instruments and they'll be all different players. Um uh, doing the working poor type stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I'm trying to think here. We've got three string players, four horns. There's a core of five of us. Yeah. It's like a musical review and uh, what was that yeah. from the Blues Brothers? Anyway, it's a, it's a lot of people and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But it's got to be difficult to coordinate all that. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's, yeah, it's a, t- I mean, it's, well, when you're when you're dealing with that many people and and they're all adults and most of them are married with children, jobs, and stuff, uh, it's very difficult to get everyone on the same page. And and we've just kind of got to the point where this is we have a core of people who are going to do it, and those people we deal with their schedules first, and then we filter in other people as we can. Uh, the the big band is something that's a, a new uh, iteration for you. You haven't been doing that that long. Thir- Twice. Did you say 13 people on stage? Actually, 15. I, I remember there's... <laughs> we, we have two backup singers this time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Who, who's that? Um, Aaron Castle from um, uh, Union Grove Pickers. Oh, yep, yep. And uh, 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 Becky Squire. I used to be Becky Powell. Uh, Becky is from my old neighborhood my kids grew up with North her. End man yes North End McClellan Spring area <laughs> um, yeah so uh, we've known them or that family a very long time and uh, it just well she works with Mark at Hassett's got it and Mark and, Romanowski yes, yep yes well that's outstanding so 15 people on stage that is I mean that is like a big band in the old school sense right. isn't it right you should have like them little stands yes. in front of everyone with RS in front of it or, or whatever. And you should, you could get yeah. yourself a little, little baton. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So you know how the band leader would stand over to the side a little Lawrence bit? Lawrence Welk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, everything is new again, right? I may, I may have to dance with some of the, the girls out in the crowd <laughs> then while the band plays. You just tell them to keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I'm gonna, just yeah. like in Blues Brothers. That, so uh, that is that the first part of the show or how... How's that gonna? What's the order here? Oh, I guess that we're gonna start start kind of big, break down subtly. Um, they'll be at start with the full band mm-hmm. with everybody, and then break down to a five piece band and do our five piece types. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna break down further to uh, no direction, a three piece. And then we're going to break out a little bit bigger with uh, the six-piece uh, working poor acoustic mm-hmm. um, garbage can band. I don't even know how you describe that. You we know, t- we, we haven't talked about we haven't talked much about the working poor through all this. No, 
And w- at when were you doing Working Poor? At what point in your career? I want to say 97, 98. And uh, th- I think that that iteration may be less well-known than a lot of the other stuff that you did, right? Yes, yeah. So what, t- what made you want to do Working Poor? Because it's really a very, it's kind of Celtic-influenced. And I mean, how do you talk about Working Poor? Um, Raucous? Well, Raucous, fun, yeah, hobnob, boggler type of thing. Um, it kind of stemmed from uh, one of the pawn shops had a beginner's accordion for sale, <laughs> so I bought that, and and I I uh, wanted to see what I could do with it because I mean pl- the accordion is just for me a completely strange <laughs> instrument. I I don't master it. But it's it has a beautiful sound, um, but I guess when we started, the thought, at least in my mind, was um, to not do country, to not do roots type music or roots rock, mm-hmm. folk. Trying to see, okay, we take all that stuff off the table now. Where can we go from here? So then you start listening to you know gyp- gypsy music and gypsy music. Klezmer, That's a better, yep. And uh, and not that this is in that genre. I think we we kind of eventually created our own little thing. But I mean, it still has its roots in rock, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's that's the thought you have when you first start. How it ends up, you know. That's its own thing. But you wrote specific songs for that group. Yeah. How was that different from everything else you'd done? Uh, well, we uh, used different rhythms. Uh, it was a lot of, uh, a couple of us just got together and just kind of worked with some different rhythms, just different uh, type of playing, uh, really percussive type things, and then adding uh melodies from the accordion and stuff and then just hollering (laughs) 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 hollering out you know these things and you know i just i think at that time i had watched that movie ironweed Mm -hmm. it's a real it's like a three-hour movie with jack nicholson (laughs) and meryl streep and it's really depressing (laughs) (laughs) but perfect yeah yeah (laughs) but it, it it was it was really um, that's what kind of the story of this of the working poor was about. Really? So, so tell tell me the story. Okay. Of the well, poor. it's it's basically in my mind, it's about someone who was a uh, Ferris wheel conductor and witnessed a, a horrific event where the ferris you know ferris wheel fell over onto the main thing and you know you've got death you've got people being crushed and and then what happened is this gentleman you know basically went into himself uh depression you know kind of lost his mind more hmm. or less and that's that's where you that's that's, that's, that's the, kind of the, yeah, got the, it. the story. So um, there's some there's some uh just it's not a real uplifting <laughs> <story>. <laughs> But the songs are very 
energetic. Right. But they have kind of an undertone. I mean, some of the songs we've played uh, uh, this week, Boys in the Band is one of them. Yep. Uh, which I, I love that song. Uh, what what are some of the other tunes off of that are on this project that are working poor songs? Um, well, the the very last song on the disc is uh, "Day of the Lord," which with strings and horns, it's it just you know makes the hair mm-hmm. stand up on the back of your neck. It's such a beautiful song. Um, working poor tango. Ah, yes. No, I can't even think of them. Uh, Burn like the wind, uh, like you said. Uh, boys in the there's a fairly the uh, broad representation though on this record, given all the bands you've had and everything. Right, this is one that maybe people aren't expecting to hear. Those they those may be unfamiliar songs to a lot of people. Yes, I think so, and I think that's part of the reason is. Well, I'm kind of looking forward. I mean, I went back with for these songs, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been kind of tossing around the idea of doing more working poor type oh, stuff. Oh, cool. Who's, who's in Working Poor, the original Working Poor? The original Working Poor uh, was Chuck Gurner on bass, uh, Jeff Thompson acoustic guitar, me on, and also Mark on acoustic guitar. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Jeff Thompson played banjo. Um, Jeff Thompson was a very well-known musician in Sioux Yes, and... Uh, Justin Syme, you remember? Mm-hmm. Je- he played mandolin, Lance on drums. That was kind of the the first incarnation. Yeah, and that was a, it was really fun. And uh, so when you bring it back, you got a new vision for different people. New is it basically the same? Josh Rice, he uh, has the uh, he's the uh, luthier. Yes, the luthier. Very builds. good. Thank you. And he's right. in. Um, Oh, he plays with all kinds. He of plays people. with Union Grove. Yes, and um, but he's on mandolin. Uh, Tim Jewell on acoustic guitar. Um, Dominic, um, we have a guy who plays ma- uh, banjo. <laughs> Dominic, oh come on! Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It Dominic. does. It does. Dominic, the banjo player. Oh, that's you'll think terrible. of it later. Oh, I'm sorry. But Dominic. you're still you're still working. You're getting together and playing with the working poor still. Well, we did do a gig last summer. Oh, downtown, Downtown, right. right. Outside. Yeah, and th- the thought was, you know, we kind of tossed around, well, it would be nice if we had more songs to play. Yeah. And I said, well, I should work on that. That's on you, dude. And it's on <laughs> me. So, so, yes, I've actually started that. Um, I have probably 30 ideas I'm working on right now. We're going we're gonna to talk about that when we come okay. back from commercial because I want to talk more about what's next. And we're going to do that right after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we're continuing to talk with Rich Show, local musician, songwriter, during Rich Show Week. Song's called Memphis. Also off the, uh, it was on the solo record, right? Yes. Sir. Obviously, I think it was called. Yes, obviously. I always uh, thought that song, I you know, 
I know it's not it, things aren't biographical, but there's some lines in there that are seem like you. They seem like Rich Show's life. Yeah, yeah. Some of it is certainly, certainly. There's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's one I of the best. Back. Yeah, one of the best lines you ever wrote to me that I remember. Maybe not one of the best lines, but it's that. Uh, uh, you know, I thought I'd really found the truth, but it was just a lottery card stained by a box of juice. I'm, right. I'm parap- I didn't get it complete. Yep, there, yep. But- that's that's pretty good. That's 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 really close. <laughs> I love that song. Or I love this song. Tell me about this song. Um, I think it was kind of um, Memphis to me meant rock and roll, and it was kind of a thing I was thinking about giving it up. You know the music thing, so it's kind of because yeah. it was. You know, we went through a lot of stuff uh, at that time, and uh, the deal with uh, Bobby Z that one kind of fell apart. Which was with Warner Brothers, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because that was during the ah. This is the story. That was during the time uh, Mo Austin of from Warner Brothers mm-hmm. fame, one of the big guys there, had. Uh, Bobby Z had spoken with him, and he gave us money to do a four-song demo at Paisley Park. Mm-hmm. And but during this time, there was a big uproar and up change in uh, the accountants. More or less, took over Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, and it, it's documented. I can't. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. I sent you, you sent me the story. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, that was, uh, and he left. He quit. He moved, went over and uh, I think it was um, went to DreamWorks. Or they started DreamWorks at that point. Really? And that was the end of your deal? Yes. Basically. Yeah, because it was Warner Brothers money. Yep. And and the music, you know, interest, you know, uh, the politics within politics of the industry there. I mean, you as a person bring someone to the to this label and you nurture them and you you you're excited for this artist so you but without that person there there's nobody to be your advocate right yeah good word thank you (laughs) so you're you did four songs at paisley park yes and how long were you there oh for that there um i think we were just there for a weekend so, uh, but four songs, that's a little more time than you would normally get for four songs in oh. a studio like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were in one, the main studio that time and uh, had a different, uh, pro- I had Bobby Z as producer and then this other engineer that we'd never worked with. And before. Bobby Z was of Prince fame, right? Was Bobby yes, Z, yeah, he's the drummer. The drummer yeah. uh, Purple Rain, baby. Yeah. A Mark drum. Romanowski tells that great story of going to the bathroom next to Prince. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, Mark's got a lot of stories like that. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and most of them are true. And on that on that four-song demo, though, produced was uh, Lamb on the Prairie. Lamb on, there, on the right? Prairie, yeah. Is Trudy on there? Trudy was on there. Um, Did, uh, I can't remember the name of the other song. Uh, it's re- Still Got Nothing Left. Still Got Nothing Left. It's a great song. I love that one. And uh, what's the other one? It's um, Sleazeball. Yeah. Yeah, really fun four-song demo. But no, you couldn't release it for the longest time. You we, couldn't, yeah. you didn't own it, right? No, no. How'd you get it back? Well, at a certain point, uh, 
They didn't care. <laughs> they didn't care. They just yeah, and we never released it officially. No, but we I mean we were giving it to friends and whatnot. And right, and you have re-recorded a, uh, at least Lamb on the Prairie and Trudy, obviously yep. for this album. So and still got nothing left. Still, so there are three of them around there. Yes, Sleazeball didn't make the cut. No, no, no. There was just yeah. No, I mean, you, not every not everything can make it. That's right. There was just so many things that I. Yeah, I mean, it's all my fault. I'll just take that. I'll take the blame. <laughs> if if something didn't make it, it's my fault. I may have picked the wrong song. Were you? Did you really like those recordings? After all that, I mean, you're in you're in Paisley Park. All you got everything you could need. Those are nice. You did you like the way those sounded better than anything you've done? Yeah, they were really powerful sounding. That we're talking of the four song yes, demo. Yes, yes, yeah, those are really nice. Um. How, you know, I always thought... And that, that was unmastered yet. I mean, that still could have been better. Oh, wow. It just sat there. And so that, from that, the ashes of that, you wrote Memphis. Yep. That's a good story. I mean, we were, we were trying, we were trying to... Uh, I, I remember, you know, I don't know if he was blowing air, you know, but Bobby said, you know, Rich, uh, just try to write some of your best stuff, right, you know, Write uh, some of your best songs right now. After that all yeah, happened. Yeah, he said, just, just see what you can do. Wow, and that's good I advice. I think there was uh, Up to the Minute was mm. part of that. Uh, Black Railroad came out of that. Um, so did, um, well, Memphis. Memphis. A lot of those Obviously songs? Yes, that? a lot of the Obviously stuff was from that. I, that, that record, is, is uh, it does have a different feel than a lot of your other work. It feels more introspective. Is that right. yeah. fair to say? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. Once once it kind of all fell apart at that point, I was thinking, well, it'd be nice to do this with a different setup, different lineup and stuff, and just see. Because everyone brings something to the table that you normally wouldn't have, like with our original band and that's and you recorded that in minneapolis with with tom herbers yes producer of a lot of minneapolis stuff are you happy with that record uh yeah for the most part i'd say i'm 80 percent happy with it i mean there's a few things that i mean we got i mean there's a few things i wish we could have changed or had more time to do and it's really about the time you know and money yeah do you think you could have stepped away from playing live. Nah, no, I don't. I doubt it. I mean, I've all thought about it many times. If I, you know, it's like oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. Blah 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 blah. You know, but I'm just probably needed a good night's sleep <laughs> <laughs> or a week off or a week off. And yeah, it, and I always seem to come back. Um, even to this day, you know, I, I'm always thinking about the next song oh which reminds me of something here that we were talking about i'm sorry if i'm babbling here but uh, when we were in the studio and we were talking i was talking with mike and we were talking about you know ideas for songs and stuff and then it just kind of dawned on me that you know, people will hear a song by some band. They'll say, I, want, I wish I could write a song like that. I'd like to try to write a song like that. Well, I never looked at it like that. I always said, 
I'd like to write an album of like that, hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an album of songs. That's what, right. What, what, one piece that doesn't do you any yeah, good. Does yeah, it? it's like just, I need why twelve. Why is that? You know, it's just like yeah, I can't just say well, maybe a couple songs that can try like that. <laughs> no, no, got to be ten or twelve That's or something interesting. like that. Let's uh, we're gonna go we're gonna go into commercial here, but let's hear a little bit more of uh, Memphis before we do that. Going into the uh, into the break, and we'll come right back with Rich Show on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSL. Forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand. Don't leave Mama by Rich Show. And he is in studio with us for the final segment of Rich Show Week. Yay! <laughs> the big show. Yay. <laughs> the big concert Saturday night at the Orpheum. 8 o'clock. Yes. Music starts-ish. Yes, ish. get there early. So I think we're... I, I'm starting to think we're going to have a pretty good crowd. <laughs> That's good. So, and it? it's, it's general admission. Yeah, so be there when the doors open. If you want a good... I mean, if you want you, the seat you want... Yeah. I mean, whether it's in the back row or the front row. That's right. And there is a balcony, which is fun there. Yes. Yes. Which, actually, that balcony spot is pretty good. And they've remodeled that place. It's awesome in there. Yeah. And they've been playing. Drive-by truckers are playing there Sunday night. Yes, they are. Which I also have tickets to. I have a very busy weekend. I just want you to know. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't Leave Mama was a uh, Flag with Hank song. Yes, sir. That's why I wanted to play this one. Ah, and this I is got. this is also one of the bonus tracks. Yes, this was one that wouldn't fit properly on the, the other. But there's a couple others that wouldn't fit properly on the uh, on the record that probably should have been on there. But this is a, a nice rock and roll song. Exactly. That's why I like it's it. It's kind of credency. Yeah, a little bit. Well, I used to play a little credence. Right. Uh, the occasional cover of a credence song. Uh Green River is my coming oh, up. Great. Used to come out of something else with a lot of uh, fuzz, and then <laughs> and then hit those opening licks at Green River. It was kind of it was cool. It was inspiring. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I can't remember what we did there, but yeah. No, I, I, I can't. I can never remember what song it was going in, but I always just remember. <laughs> it was cool. So um, I want to talk. We, I keep saying we're going to talk about what we're doing next. So you're going to get all this done Saturday. Sunday you'll get up, you know, maybe sleep in. Uh, but next week, you talked about wanting to get the work and pour together. What What's going to be next for Rich Show after this? Moving forward. Constantly moving forward. That's what... Uh, um, 
I've got like 30 things I'm working on, 30 songs I'm working on, and depending on who's going to use them, I don't know. Uh, I want to I want to do another, well, we have a record for Red Leaves in the can. Oh, really? And we haven't talked at all about Red Leaves. Yeah, Red Leaves, we haven't, uh, that is in the can, but there again, we don't have enough songs. I don't think it would be nice to have more songs, so I want to do, you know, another six or so songs for Red Leaves. How do you describe Red Leaves? Um, if you're familiar with the late 70s New York City punk scene, which, you know, like Patti Smith, Television, uh, Richard Hell and the Voidoids, that type of thing. Uh, we were really gearing towards more television, where it would just be two basic electric guitars, bass, drums, one voice, and then, and yeah. So that think, think about that, you know, and and we, there are a few things we do on uh, on with Red Leaves that are blatant television ripoffs. <laughs> At least I think they are. We think they are. Maybe you know. And I have had people come up to us after we playing on. Wow, I've never really heard anyone play songs like television. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I was. That's trying what we're, to do. you're exactly right. Uh, and you guys play. You're, you're playing live as Red Leaves currently. Yes, yeah, that's an uh, active group. Um, so now that you're done with this, just about done, the big show is on Saturday, but yep. the record's recorded, you know, you've been, you've been uh, working on this for quite a while now. About a year. Um, how does it make you reflect on these state? These are like, these are like chapters in your life. Has it made you sort of reflect on all those different eras of Rich Show? Yes. As a human being? Well, yeah. I mean, it's to look back and see what you've done in the past. And, and you know, there's good and bad, you know. They, and I, it was nice to be able to dig into these songs and think, yeah, these are good songs. These aren't. These are all right. And they do say something, I think, about Sioux Falls, in a way. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I mean, we're... The song, Where's the Beach? Mm -hmm. That is so South Dakota. Yeah. Where's the beach? Oh, it looks yeah. like one. Yeah, because we don't have a beach. I mean, we have beaches at the lake, but mm -hmm. we don't have one at the... No. The, no ocean side here. You know. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... it's uh, We're in, in a, a pocket kind of away from a lot of big city issues and all that stuff. I mean, we we really live a great life in this town. I don't know. You can shake your head. I don't know. but I'm not shaking my head. I know you're not. You're not. <laughs> but we live in really a beautiful city, and it's got a lot of good things going for it. But we, yeah, we don't experience the things of the bigger cities. And... Yeah, I don't know. It's a slower pace. We we do step back better than, you know, the bigger cities. Was it hard to do that? I mean, it, was it hard at times to go through this process? Of revisiting, revisiting. Uh, re -re Revisiting your life. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously I've, you know, I'm not married anymore. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, 
lot of good and bad things that I went through with the group and, and all of the friends that I've had that have come and gone. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really have much to say. It, it was, it was nice to look back and, and then realize that you've really put out a lot. You've put a lot of attention to this for your whole life. It's you, your art. Yeah. You've done an awful lot. And I mean, to me, it didn't seem like I'd, that I've just scratched the surface. Yeah. But to someone else, they would go, geez, that guy's writing songs all the time. You know, <laughs> something, something like that. Do you, you think know? that is the difference between something somebody does as a hobby or they think it's cool and, you know, art, expression? Well, right. I mean, it, you are constantly looking to the next song. Constantly. I mean, this one's written... I'm I'm thinking about what do I want to do with this next thing. It's all about you know trying to experiment with different ideas, different uh, genres. You know I've done you know the electronic thing. You know mm -hmm. we did Body Electric, we did Go Go, uh, which those are really a lot of fun. I you know I've got quite a collection of synthesizers now <laughs> and uh, keyboards and and recording gear. For that, and uh, yeah, and that was just a way to try to find a different way to play, you know, a song, write a song, to, you know. The the uh, this sounds this sounds terribly pretentious, <laughs> but have you when you're looking do going through all this and now seeing these songs and going oh they're pretty some of those are pretty good and what did you learn actually about yourself? Um, that I, yeah, I, I, I'm the real thing, I guess. <laughs> you know, I'm a songwriter, you know, that's, that was my art. That's something that I, I don't know of very many of them around this area. It's a perfect place to end the show. The concert is Saturday night at the Orpheum. Music starts at 8. I think the doors open at 7, 7.30. Get there early. It's 15 bucks. It's nothing. For it's a, cheap. For a, a rock and roll review and oh. uh, exploration. Uh, Rich, um, the album's called That Was the Future, This Is the Past. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. I have a great time. This is a lot of fun. We're going to come back and finish up. Rich is going to be gone, but we'll take care of a few things. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 4.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We're listening to Rumors Burial by Rich Show. They used to end or be near the end of a lot of live shows by various Rich Show projects. It's on the new record, That Was the Future, This is the Past. And she builds and she builds and she builds. And we're not going to get to the end, so you're only going to hear the beginning. So you're going to have to go buy the record or go see Rich on Saturday night down at the Orpheum. Music starts at 8, 15 bucks. It's going to be a blast. I hope to see you all out there. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.